Good morning. Hey, it's so good to see you this morning in church. Uh, I want to welcome you and also our online people who are watching from their living rooms and their kitchens and all across the world. We're so glad you're here with us on Palm Sunday. Uh, big week next week for churches. Um, you know, some people only come to church twice a year. It's Christmas and Easter. And so here's the thing. You guys, many of you have come to this church because somebody invited you. And so here's what we want to do. When you leave today, we want to give you one of these. And it's a way for you to invite some people that you've been talking to about church or maybe you just feel like God's pressed them on your heart to invite them. Just hand them this, say, hey man, if you can, come check it out. We'd love to have you next weekend. And uh, we have a very big announcement that we're going to make. We're not going to tell you what it is, so you have to be here to figure out what that is. So let's use those uh, cards to invite some people. My name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and uh, it's an honor to be here with you today. Pastor Fair will be back next week. He has been on vacation, so we hope that him and Miss Millie have had a great time and have got some rest and relaxation. Uh, we're in this series called Storytellers, and we've been saying, you know, all of us have a story that our lives tell. The question is, what do we want it to say? And the first week we talked about how the pit of betrayal can still produce the promises of God. And we're talking about Joseph in Genesis. And then last week we talked about how we act in the small details of our lives reveal who our true character is. And so today we're gonna finish up that series of storytellers and the story of Joseph. But I wanna start off first by just asking a question. This is really one participation part of the service. So, you know, it's okay for you to raise your hand. If you're not comfortable with that, I'm asking you to do it. So what I'm gonna say is how many of you are a really adventurous people? Like you like the thrill, adrenaline junkie, maybe you just like going on trips and stuff like that. Okay, a lot less people in this service than last service. Okay, so all the uh, adventurous people in the first service. Well, I just want to say that, first of all, I am that way. I, I love the thrill. I, I surf, we paddleboard. I'll do anything once, jump out of an airplane, find a helicopter. I mean, I'll do anything like that. I love adventurous things. And not long ago, I think it was around Christmas time, uh, I was really looking for something cool to give as a gift um, to my wife. And so I was going through Living Social, which I don't ever do, but just happened to come across this uh, thing that they were offering and it was something called the escape room. And so it intrigued me. And I thought, well, what's this? So I clicked on it and apparently there is a room that you and your friends up to, I think eight people can pay money and you can go to the thing called the escape room and there's in Raleigh all over the world. But well, this one was in Raleigh and what they do is they lock you in a room and you have one hour to escape and they give you uh, riddles and clues and you have to solve puzzles and you have to uh, decipher codes and you know open locks and there's just a whole bunch of different things and I thought man this will be awesome. So my wife and I and Pastor Andrew and his wife Nicole who led worship today who did an awesome job and then men and Kevin Caps, we all packed up and we drove. And we just knew that, you know, we were going to solve this. Apparently, there is only a 20% success rate for the escape room. But we are the exception. We knew we're all adventurous people. We're smart, graduated like me, the bottom third of my class. But hey, you know, my, my wife compensates for all that I like, which is awesome. And uh, so we drove up there and uh, we made a whole night of it. And so we get there and they go over the rules and they say, you have one hour to complete the task. And here's, here's the stipulations. There is, a, uh, there is a bomb, a fake bomb in this room. And your job as the SWAT team is to not only defuse the bomb, but also escape within one hour before all the gas comes into the room. And there is clues hidden all throughout the room. And so does everybody understand? And we're like, yeah, we understand. 
And so we started off, I was like, man, we'll knock this thing out in 15 minutes. This will be a piece of cake, right? And so when she shuts the door and says go, the timer begins to count down. There's a little clock that counts down and it lets you know how much time you have. And so we're just rifling through papers, opening drawers. We're up holding furniture upside down. We're looking everywhere that we possibly can, just tearing this room apart. And there's locks on the cabinets and there's locks on the doors and there's uh, numbers written everywhere. And so we're trying to add up, what could this mean? What could that mean? And so, you know, time is counting down and we're doing pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm very, very confident because we've progressed quite a bit. And then we kind of came to a midway point, maybe 30 minutes in, a little standstill. And and so everything we think is a clue. I mean, we're, they have like fake wine bottles in there and we pick them up and it's like 799 on the bottom. And I'm like, put 799 in the box, that, the, the uh, lock, that's got to be it. It opens it up. And uh, later come to find out that was the price of the thing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, they're really trying to trick us. And so we're, there's code written on the wall and we're adding up and we're doing anagrams and we're doing word shifts and we're doing all kinds of stuff. And it came to the point where we're about 15 minutes left and we had a pretty good ways to go. There was, we hadn't, decipher, we hadn't um, disarmed the bomb and we still had to break out on the last lock. And all of a sudden this like, you know what? I don't know if we're gonna do this and are we gonna succeed? I'm having my doubts here. And so the adrenaline pumps and we're all have just gone into like panic mode and we're like, come on, you know, we can do this and doing a pep talk all over again. And, Counts down five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, and we got all the way and we finally unlocked the case. We, de, um, we disarmed the bomb and we're like, all we have to do is open the last door and we have a minute and a half. And we knew what we were supposed to put in this lock so we assume, we thought, and I'm like, just put the numbers in and pull the lock. And so they put it in and, and the anticipation builds and it grows and we pull in the lock and it's nothing. And we're like, no, and there's less than a minute. And Pastor Andrew falls on the floor, gets in the fetal position and goes, we're all gonna die. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, just start, try anything, try anything. And then all of a sudden it goes, eh, 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 and the time ran out and the lady opens the door and we failed. And we didn't solve it. And we were just like, first of all, humiliated because, you know, our egos and everything said that we were going to do this. But you know what? It made me realize that, that I like control. And, and in that situation, every decision that we made affected the next decision that we had to make. Every decision, every lock that we opened, every door that we pulled and solved a riddle went to the very next thing we had to do. And so they all related. And, and really that's how we are a lot of times in our life, that every decision that we make affects the next. And, and here's what I realized, all of us like control. If you want me to prove my point, number one, you know, the, um, the cable company used to tell us what we had to watch because they played it at a certain time. And if we didn't watch it, guess what? We just missed it, right? Well, then companies said, well, that's not how it should be. So what did they do? They invented the, TV, the TiVo and the DVR. So that now I can play it when I want, where I want, and I don't have to watch the commercials. I get to be in control of the remote. How many of y'all get the control of the remote at your house? Yes, some women in there. I like that. That's awesome. Same thing is true, you know, with our phones. You know, we can, we can go on the internet. We can pick the websites we want to download the apps, play the games we want. I mean, all this... Uh, we can press Siri and, and tell her what to do. 
And so the other day I'm riding in the car and I said, Siri, call my wife. And she said, which one? You have eight. And I was like, and uh, my, my wife's like, is there something you want to tell me? And she's sitting over there today. But, but you know, here's the thing, like, that's the way our culture has told us. We're wired that way. We should be in control. I mean, our thermostats in our house, like we go through, we pick.